Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast, and you're in for a super duper treat today with our guest. We have Coach G from Sweat DC, who's here to talk about how to work it out and get it together for the summer and the winter, because you got to also be winter ready. And also, Cavello Salinas with a blue wine. I mean, it's actually blue and looks like the ocean and it is super good. Pew, 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 pew. Everybody drink rose. Rose. So we sip rose. We gonna sip rose. Rose. Sip rose. Baby girl, she don't play. Don't play. So we sip rose. Hey there, friends. It's Renee, and guess what? I'm here with who I'm here with for the last 14 episodes. Bartender Ben. Oh, you talking about me? Yay! Man, I thought y'all were talking about somebody else. I mean, we haven't brought out the guest yet. Oh, okay. It's you. Oh, man. Well, I'm happy to be here. Yay, Bartender Ben. Yes, yes, yes. So how are you feeling? Oh, man, I feel like a billion dollars. Dolores. Hey, you, you feel that great. You feel that great. Yes, man. That is fantastic. So I'm going to ask this question because you'd be like, I don't know when you go ask. So I'm going to ask now because it has to do with our amazing guest that we have today. Okay. So what are we drinking today? Ooh. Genevieve. Amour Genevieve? Genevieve. And I think it's Genevieve. Genevieve. Like Amour is like love. Genevieve. Yes. Okay. And we're probably saying it wrong, but... We will get corrected later. Why? Because it's the person we interviewed. Yes. Yes. So we will be getting this information correct to you. And isn't there like a promo code for this one? Yes, but let, let's talk about it yeah, first so yeah, people yeah. can know what it is because it's so exciting. I mean, I'm always about the market. Always there. Yes. Right. So what is Amor so, Genevieve? The special thing about this wine, right, it is naturally blue. Yeah, it's So there's no blue, color. Blue. There's no dye. There's no Kool-Aid or nothing mixed in there. No, this is naturally blue. Mm. So this is what makes this really amazing. Um, when you get into, you know, how it's constructed and, and how it's put together. So, yes. I'm here for the blue. So how does it, how is it supposed to taste? Because I can tell you what I think. Oh, my God. It's a fruit floor board with a mouth centrous nose. Allows for a joyful and pleasant experience before tasting. So I guess, you know, the smell of it. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it hits you. Yeah. It's mild. Citrus. Hmm. Okay, a little Genesse and a little yeah. Amor Geneve. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, I'm here for all of it, all of it. It is a delicious blue. So I thought it would be more like a Kool-Aid, like real sugary. It is not like that at all. Right. And you're right, we do have a promo code. If you go to Amor, A-M-O-U-R, Blue, B-L-U, forever, F-O-R-E-V-E-R.com, use our code, Rose Hour. You are able to get a discount pew, 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 on your purchase. Because why? We bringing you deals. Man. 
and ways for you to try different wine and rosé. Yes. We're the Rosé Hour Podcast. You gotta do it. And this wine is crisp and refreshing. Yes. You know, we're having some nice weather today. You know, mm-hmm. folks want to sit outside in their... In social distance. Yeah, in their, in their quarantined state. They can sip on this naturally blue wine, Genevieve. Yes. Definitely it, need to do that. It looks like San Tropez in a bottle. Man, wasn't this made in Santo? No, it was oh, not, okay. but South France, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well where at? The South of France. Okay. So, so I think it's Provence where most of uh, wines are made. You know what I'm saying? So, Or maybe it was Italy. Maybe. It's Italy, isn't it? It's Italy. Ah, see, I thought I knew it. But guess what? That's the beauty of this because we interviewed... Covelio Salinas, who is the maker and owner and founder of this blue, amazing wine. So his interview was pretty exciting. I can't wait. Yay! Like, oh. like just looking at it, it looks like uh, Turks and Caicos yeah. water. Like, I don't know if I want to swim in it or something. It just makes me want to start oh. singing Butterfly in the Sky. I can fly twice as high. Man. Take a look. It's in a bottle. It's blue wine. I looked at it the other day and it started packing a, a, a suitcase for me to travel with. And <laughs> I was like, damn, I can't even go. You you can go on the treadmill and just carry it oh, like you're walking man. on one of those. <laughs> I take myself to the living room and sit down and watch a movie about somewhere. Right. The, the travel channel. Well, I mean, today I'm just really excited about the fact that we're talking to Cavellio about this. And then we also talked to Coach G. Um, and Coach G, actually, we talked to Coach G first, and then we talked to Cavellio. But Coach G is so dope. He has this uh, fitness center called Sweat DC here in the District of Columbia. Mm. He's even done and helped some of the housewives of Potomac. Oh, man. Get Which their- one? Uh, what's the one with the not Giselle, the, uh, Karen, Karen Huber? Oh, okay, Huger, Karen, Kern, Kern is you what they call it. You know it. which one I'd be looking, you know. Oh, um, I'm sitting right here, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a housewife of DC, so there's that. <laughs> not today, Satan, not today. <laughs> So, so excited. He talks about his journey and starting a fitness company uh-huh. um, and also the app and how he's keeping people going during the COVID. It's a super dope interview. I'm so proud, so happy to have uh, talked with him. And, and you know, I, I went to his gym for several birthday parties because mm. uh, it's that that amazing. So I guess I should start going back and not just for birthdays. Huh? Hey. Hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we're going to leave it at that with the bartender, eh? All right. Well, let's get into our first episodes of interview with Coach G of Sweat DC. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> It's Renee at the Rosie Hour, and today you are in for a real treat. This man has been 
building bodies since he's been a baby, all those bees, right? And making people learn about health, wealth, and everything great. He owns his own fitness studio that's so lit that I even had two birthday parties at it. I would like to introduce none other than the amazing, the most weightlifting champion, best jumper this side of the Mississippi, Coach G! (laughs) I have to say by far, I've never had an introduction like that in my life. amazing. I felt like I was like, ready to run into the ring and the <laughs> dragon or something. It was a WWE style type of introduction, yeah. but you deserve none other. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, welcome to the well, show. Yay. How are yeah, you? F- thank you so much for having me. Yes. How are you feeling during this quarantine season? I'm doing okay. I've been trying to uh, take it in stride and look at the positive parts of it and say like, all right, um, most of the time my life is really hectic and almost like I don't have a lot of control over it. It's like I'm going here, running here, running here, running here. Yeah. So I'm trying to take a little bit of time. It's like, oh, it's a little time to pause, to slow down a little bit and kind of like take a deep breath and smell the roses, as they say. Yeah. And you know what? You are just probably the most happiest, joyful being to be around. Like every time I see you, I'm just like, I should just smile because your smile is so infectious. Your energy is infectious. Everything you do is infectious and not COVID infectious, like the good infectious. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can spread joy like COVID is spreading pain, then I am yes! happy to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes, yes. You make working out fun and I do not like working out, but you make it so much fun. And I know everybody wants to know more about what you do. So give us the background. Tell us about you. All right. So uh, my name is Gerard Burley, uh, also known as Coach G. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, I'm the owner of Sweat DC, which is a 45-minute workout party. And we're all about building up strong, stronger bodies from the inside out. And our, I guess our big thing that we're kind of known for is creating like the party atmosphere, but also creating an inclusive space for um, workouts, especially in the studio space. Um, I would say, you know, I've been doing personal training for a long time. Before that, I was in the sports medicine world. I worked at Booth University for five years, uh, director of sports medicine there. And, um, but, my passion for health kind of starts way back when, uh, kind of a story a lot of people don't know about or some people may know about, but I lost my mom really early when I was, I was 18 years old, but suddenly she passed away from congestive heart failure. Oh, and sorry. like many women, especially black women that we know, you know, uh, we attend, attending for everyone else but themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that, um, you know, I, I think especially as I've gotten older, I've seen that like sometimes what we think is the norm of how life is supposed to go is not the norm as far as working six days a week, putting in 12 hours, taking care of the husband, taking care of the kids, doing this, doing that. And really like we kind of have this philosophy. I don't know where we got it, um, but of like if I take care of everyone else, then I can take care of myself last. Oh, slavery that, taught us that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do we learn that? Oh, slavery. Slavery. Oh, that. <laughs> there was that thing. <laughs> taught yeah. us many lessons. <laughs> exactly. So um, it's 
<laughs> Great point. Um, <laughs> no, so like my, I think that is when when people see like the passion at which I work toward health and why I do it, how I do it. That's my real fire. Like I wanted to always create a space where my mom could be a part of this environment and still get a great workout, but also right beside them could be like an elite athlete also getting a great workout. So creating that space where it's really um, powerful and challenging for any person and more importantly, just welcoming, you know, Um, it's, I kind of look at it like, I look at really like your studio should be like church. Like the doors should be Mm -hmm. always open. Like you should be able to come as you are. Like, I don't care if you're 400 pounds, and you can't do any of the workouts that we say, but you can be in that space and feel the energy and mm-hmm. feel supported. Like I don't care if you got to do the walk in place. What I know is if we create a welcoming environment, a supportive environment, that walking in place will turn into running in place, which will turn into jumping jacks, which will turn into squats, yes. which will turn into planks, which will turn into the next thing. And that person who is inspired becomes another inspiration for someone else too so that's kind of like my i guess me in a nutshell is like what i like to you know yeah and like people have no idea like you turn the lights out there's like disco ball feeling that goes out yeah exactly (laughs) it's like strobe lights and it's not like where you're gonna have like a seizure or anything but like the atmosphere is so much fun. It is literally a party as you're working out. Like, I feel like I party harder when I come work out with you than I when I go out to a party. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, like, I, um, I don't know. I just I've always thought that, like, and this has been my philosophy with personal training, right? It's like, it has to be fun or people don't stick with it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do something that's not fun. And um, so, you know, I... I also, you know, it's a double-edged sword or like, not double-edged sword, but like, it's two reasons why we do the lights and stuff like that. Like, part of it is, yes, we want to create a fun environment, we want to feel like a club and feel very different than the normal, quote-unquote, gym environment. But the second thing is, the gym can be a very intimidating place. Yeah. And the gym can be a very judgmental place and um, especially in the studio space, which is even like a higher level than your normal, like, big box gym that we that we see it's it can be a spot where it's like if you're not already in shape it can feel like you don't belong yeah i i have that feeling (laughs) yeah because you see everything shaking i'm like wait wait jesus i didn't know that moved um right yes so yeah and more people feel like that than people who have six packs like so um i think by creating a space that's dark that feels safe, that feels fun. It doesn't feel like people are looking at you. It doesn't feel like people are judging you. And then we are able to do what we do better. Yeah. And also you do like meal, you have a, like a, a partnership with some meal companies around here and meal prep and all of like the whole works. Yeah. It, we try to provide like a 360 viewpoint on wellness. I even hate, like, I always pause a little bit when I say it's a gym or a studio because I really feel like what we do is provide, like, a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I know everyone looks at, like, holistic differently. Some people think of it as, like, sitting in a tree, crossing your legs, eating <laughs> grass. But um, Which um, is, it might be fun for some, <laughs> not, not, not I. <laughs> right, exactly. Which, 
Which to me, holistic is just like, hey, I see you and I see that you as a person have many, there are many ways of getting to your place. And there are many of things that we have to address to get you to achieve your goals. Yeah. So me just telling you, do these burpees for 45 minutes, that does not achieve everything, right? I'm, I have to. I have to figure out where you've been, what you've been through, like what what bumps in the road have happened and how can I help you get past those? Yeah, because I know like for me, and I, it took like, you know, going to therapy and learning that I have like trauma that I attach to my weight. And so like, because I went through some things like, and with the weight gain, it's like, I feel weird when I'm working out right now because it feels like I'm trying to shed myself away from that trauma, but it's like also dealing with the counseling and everything else and the trauma to understand like it's all, like you say, holistic and like what you're saying, knowing what people went through, what what they've experienced, like that's huge because there's a lot of reasons why people are, you know, not in shape or not their best selves. And I mean, the fact that you guys take that into, you know, consideration for getting people to their best selves is so amazing. Yeah, I think um, that's so big. One, I always love when I'm in any public space and people talk about therapy because I think therapy is the route to a better life, you know. Um, And therapy can take different forms. It's not always just sitting, talking one-on-one with someone, like, Fitness can be a sense of uh, place of therapy. Yoga mm-hmm. can be therapy. Meditation can be therapy. Um, church in some ways can be therapy. Um, but I think like just you know creating that, addressing spiritual issues and past traumas and things that we don't even know are underlying. Um, you know, I think. But to kind of get back to my point, I was gonna say that when I see and I've dealt with a lot of overweight people, it's kind of like where my uh, I guess my niche was was, mm-hmm. was uh, personal training um, was that when I see people who are overweight I know it's not calories in calories out like I know they're holding on to depression or that was like a rough patch in their life or like that weight is not like these people aren't stupid right so like people know mm-hmm. that if I eat more and move less, I gain weight, right? Right. So why do we address it like that? Why do we just, well, all you got to do is just stop eating, just eat more kale, girl. <laughs> and then, you know, like, oh, is that it? Right. Light bulb. Thank you, trainer man. You are a genius. Like, it's not that, right? Yeah. Like, these people are like directors of large organizations and the best at what they do in the world. Yeah. So, like, why are we acting like this is this thing that is just this in and out <laughs> process? Right. Right. And we still do it. It's, I mean, the the fitness world hasn't really changed that much in a long time, right? It's still kind of like people still kind of plug these things in and not really address the you know the 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 crux of the matter, you know, which is yeah. like get, what what were you going through, like? It's in some ways, I've been like a therapist to most of my clients, so it's my one-on-one ones, you know? Yeah. So. so what's happening sort of in this industry that people should be aware of? Like, 
I know like the world is changing, especially with like COVID being here and it's not going away, but we also had SARS, we had bird flu, we had the Spanish flu, we had all these things and, you know, historically, and like the world is changing, people are evolving into doing different things. So is there anything in the industry that we should be aware of currently? Um, well, I would say right now, a lot of people are going digital. Uh, we actually created our own app. Uh, it's a Sweat Anywhere app and platform. Yes. And we, we came together and really, you know, came together with some other coaches and stuff. That, like, I really started as a way to make sure that I was going to be able to still provide for my clientele and then also be able to pay my coaches during this time. And... Um, we provide like 90 plus workouts a month. And again, with that holistic approach, we have people talking about food on there. We have people talking about motivation on there. Uh, we have yoga, we have hit, we have dance, we have strong classes, we have bar, we have core classes. We got a class called glute camp, get your booty right. You know, Ooh. like, um, so it's just all like types of fun things on there, but also like kind of hitting the mind, the body, but, I guess as an overarching industry, a, a lot of, one, I'll say a lot of studios and gyms that you see today are not going to be around by the side of this um, unless the government does something super drastic. Um, and a lot of people are going to be very digital. You know, so I think the digital world is going to explode because people are going to see the vulnerabilities of this. Um, I also think that gyms and studios in general have been, we, I mean, we thrive off of packing as many people into a class as possible. Yeah. Because you have a small window of most people will work out before work and after work. So we really have to get the bulk of our stuff done between 6 and 8 a.m. and 6 and 8 p.m. So with COVID, I think, I think there might be some of either limitations on how many people you can have in a room. Yeah. Um, and I think how we go about, like, I've even been thinking about, you know, we do circuit training, which means, like, you're in one spot, and then after a certain amount of time, you move to another spot, and you share equipment with people throughout the workout, which has been very common practice before, you know, this COVID came through. Yeah. Um, go Rona. Dang, oh, right. Rona. <laughs> Rona, she came through and she's like, I will be unforgettable. So, yeah. you know, before we had to close, one thing we changed is we made it where, like, you were in your spot, you got your weights and equipment before we started, and only you utilize that equipment the entire time. Mm. And so that, you know, that was some adaptations we were making during the time. People were still able to get an effective workout um, with, and feel safe and feel like a little bit more, uh, you know, cleaner and whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah. And it felt more uh, sanitized, like, for people to be like, okay, I'm sweating on my own things, and then I clean it all up at once versus, like, going to a different circuit and, you know, touching someone else's sweat, too. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, during during this COVID, like, what are some things that people should or ought to do if they want to, like, keep working out or maybe even be like me, like start working back out again. Yeah, I think, I think one of the hardest things is like creating a routine for yourself. Mm -hmm. And 
for those, especially those who are entrepreneurs, so many other factors in your life create routine for you and you didn't even realize it. Yeah. And you have to now be like put on your big your big girl pants or whatever and <laughs> say like like I gotta really look at my schedule and you know, if you're working from home every day, you possibly could wake up at ten thirty every morning and just, you know, still get whatever limited work needs to get done. Like mm-hmm. it's not as strenuous. But I think creating some type of routine where like you put it into your calendar, like, hey, I'm gonna wake up, you know, let's say eight AM, you know, and I'm gonna do a workout from eight thirty until nine and then I'm gonna get things going for my day. But I think that is like a, a big thing that people need to do to make sure they're successful. Um I think having some type of guidance helps too. Um I think as humans are our first thought is to always say, I can do it on my on my own. And we look at help or like assistance as weakness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we usually don't ask for help or search for a tool to help us be more efficient until we've already, I would say, like, quote unquote, failed at it or are so hurt by it that we have to like really, you know, like you'll wait. So five months you haven't worked out and like, all right, now I'm going to work out. I'm going to add, you know, gain weight and stuff. And you, then you'll say, all right, maybe it's time for me to reach out to like a trainer or get like an app that will help me as opposed to say like, Hey, I don't want to, let's be preventative. Like I want to avoid that. So let me make sure I have a system in place to make sure that I stay healthy. Yeah. And that makes sense. Cause like, I'm definitely of that group. That's like, Oh, okay, I'm ready to work out. And then I'll like do well for like six months. And then the next six months of the year, I'm like, well, <laughs> life is life is hard. I'm tired. <laughs> and that's not yeah. good because it's like I'm not consistent in like providing that schedule that you've talked about. And I think that's so important is like organization is so real and organizing time for yourself is so, so real. So thank you for that tidbit. Yeah. And I think also like, just knowing that it helps to have somebody just like just like having a therapist, right? Yeah. A therapist doesn't do the work for you. They help you stay on this track where you are constantly addressing these issues or avoiding some. Like that's what a trainer is there for. So like and it's the, the best investment you can do is in yourself and your in your health, right? We don't really ever value our health until it's gone. That's so true. It's not until you're like, oh my God, my asthma is about to take me out on this walk. And you're like, I should probably do something about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so or you find out like you have hypertension, now you want to lose weight. Like yeah. me me included, right? Like I will say one thing I learned about myself from opening up a studio is like like I gained my vulnerable moment. Like I've gained like twenty five pounds since since opening up the studio. Wow. And you know, luckily I'm tall, so you can't see all of it. But you know, but like, <laughs> right? Someone short like it. me, you see it immediately. <laughs> right? If I was five eight, y'all would be like, "Gee, what y'all do?" Right? And um, what I learned is, as my life got busier, I did not have the same uh, accountability that I needed, or 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 like 
as your life as your life changes and new things come in, you need higher levels of uh, systems to help mm. you stay accountable. Like, like I didn't have the same amount of time or the, or you know the same amount of energy where I could just be like, all right, um, this I'll take two hours in the afternoon every day. You know, it wasn't like that. So like I'm working sixteen hours a day. And then when I go home, I want some fried chicken. And that turns into a routine, you know, yeah, very quickly. So, very quickly. <laughs> um, so if anything, I've, I've, you know, I, I was overweight when I was young. And then I got in shape for a long time. And that became my new normal. But I've definitely gotten back into a space where I was like, oh, exercise is not a part of my daily routine. And now I'm like getting back into that habit and what it really took is I had to ask my trainers for help. I, wow. I had to like I had to really sit down with them and say like look I'm really going on a bad trajectory. Like I'm putting all my stuff in the sweat because I don't want it to fail. And I need someone to help me stay accountable. And that's yeah it's really humbling, you know? Yeah. And, but it also helps me be more relatable to people that I train and people that we work with. And like, you know, I think you, you take that step because your health is important. And, uh, you know, I'm 36 and I know my mom passed when she was early 40s. So like it's her mom passed in her early 40s. So all from heart stuff. So, um, we have to, we have to think, in the future, you know, you have to like put that investment in in yourself and your health looking forward. So yeah, health is wealth. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're seeing that even with COVID right now, like it's how it's attacking our communities mm-hmm. way harder. And it's not, you know, it's not because COVID just hates black people. Right. Right. It's not like <laughs> it's a Negro. Let me get them. Right. Let me go get these Negroes. <laughs> We're catching it just as equally as the white folks, you know, but yep. we... But because of underlining out. health issues. Right. Yeah, no, that makes and, perfect sense. Yeah, and there's, you know, a lot of reasons behind that. We talked a little bit about that, but I do think that we as a community can take some steps to hold ourselves accountable and pull ourselves up. And like, it's... It's always been an interesting fact to me where I say that we are the most dynamic athletes mm-hmm. across the board because we, as a community, value that. Like, you'll make sure your kid gets to the basketball game, make sure you get to the football game. Like, our community really values. Like, come back to the hood after you got, even go to college on those scholarships. People are like, yeah, you know, um, it's respecting that, but we don't value the daily sacrifice well, and yeah. commitment that right. people make. Yeah. yeah. No, that, so, that makes sense. So I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see more, more ways that like our leaders and our government and, you know, I don't really count on the government that much anymore. So <laughs> Who does? Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll just our government is telling us to drink bleach and die. <laughs> right. Like we got to count on ourselves, but like I would really like to see you know, our, you know, our real leaders, like, showing that stuff, like, showing going for morning jogs and walks and, like, health, eating healthier and 
Um, you know, as much as we we love our soul food and that's part of our heritage and stuff like that, but like there's ways that we can still be soul without the salt. Yes. <laughs> you know? Soul with no soul, please. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, no, like, that makes a lot of sense. And I think too, that makes another important part. Like people used to eat soul food because it was also like, you know, the scraps and what, you know, unfortunately those that enslaved us would give us to fix our food, but we made it something delicious and amazing. Um, we don't have to do that anymore. And I know yeah. culturally, you know, we want to, you know, remember our ancestors, um, but there's other ways. And, you know, uh, we can do that by marching and walking and honor right. them because they did that as well. <laughs> and, and I think, um, you know, one thing I would like to see with, because I, I, I will give some credit where credit's due, and I say that, like, as a people, we had done a lot more, like, you see more efforts. Like, I see, like, they do, like, a black men's walk like, every January in D.C. Mm-hmm. Like, we get black, you know, black men up and running and stuff. But I don't see a lot of stuff that's based on consistency, right? And oh, what we know yeah. about what, about the wealth of health is it's not... It's not your 30-day fix or your two-week fast or your tummy tea or your water fast for the week or your, what's the Beyonce, the cayenne pepper. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and your lemon water and all that. Right. Like, mm, it's, that's it's short-lived, honey. <laughs> you can't do that every day. Your organs are going to fall out. Right. <laughs> cayenne is not to be ingested like that much. Yeah, no. And I mean, hey, why don't we find something? I feel like we could start a movement. Like, you already got the party going. Let's take the party to the pavement or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, with it. Like a night running crew where you get to like run and like do it New Orleans style. Maybe have like a band playing, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but that would be something that I think people would just love. And like, you're right. It's not consistent. Like I see like the black running groups and it's like they meet like for an event. And it's not like yeah. a weekly, daily thing. So people aren't maintaining it. They just kind of like show up the day of. Yeah, we we definitely need to get something like that that is consistent. And um, you know, one thing I tell because we have a lot of parents that come to sweat or that like I interact with. Like, you know, if we have a little under two hundred members that sweat, I but my interaction with people just in general is probably in the thousands. And oh, yeah. one thing I try to tell people is like, you know a big influence, especially for women, is like when you start having kids or even if it's not your kids, your nieces and nephews or the children around you. Mm-hmm. And I tried to tell them, I was like, it's not what you say do, it's what you actually do. Yes. That kids will see. Yes. And, you know, why, why do white families or white 20 and 30 year olds work out all the time? Because they saw their parents do it. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, I remember so, like growing up, my my friends, like I lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. We were the only black family. And it, it was crazy to see everybody outside running. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. My parents are like, we're barbecuing. Y'all can come over. Right. We're done. <laughs> I, can, I can barbecue down. <laughs> right. My dad's like, we got some fat stuff on the grill right now. Come through. And, I mean, people would, but they were also like, oh, after we run. And my dad's like, all right. <laughs> So, I mean, 
It's true. Like, we didn't really see that growing up. I mean, my mom would have her spurts of moments where she's like, oh, I need to lose five pounds. Sorry, mom. Yeah, I'm shading you right now. Um, (laughs) But like, consistently, no. But like now, my mom's older years, she goes for a walk into the gym every morning. But it's not something I grew up seeing. Yeah. So it wasn't like me being 10 watching that. But now, and I think also, too, my parents had to work. So, like, they didn't have jobs where they were like, I have all this free time in the morning. So, I think that also played into it. But now it's like they have nothing but time because they're retired. Yeah. I think, and I do do acknowledge that and that we tend to have jobs where, like, we have less control and power of our hours and stuff like that. But I also have to put a little bit of, like, responsibility on ourselves and say that, like, we are the most creative people out here. Yeah. We find time for... We are the know, TikTok, you know, like, YouTube kings and queens. Right. So. <laughs> I watched Martin growing up. We saw family. I can sing the whole song, The Family Matters. Oh, me like, too. And I love that. I love their theme song. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, in some respect, like, I do want to you know, say, like, hey, we de- there's definitely disparities and reasons behind it. But I also want to say that we have to, like, how long can you say that, right? Like, Right. There's 24 say, hours like, in a day. It depends on how we use it. 24. Yeah. I'm asking for 30. <laughs> I just want 30 minutes. Yeah, know? no, and that makes sense. And, like, while we're watching TV, maybe it's, like, instead of watching this TV show, you know, we had the VCR back then. Could we have recorded it and watched it after? Sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. but, but that's but that is what that. But that's my job, right? And that's what we need, and we need more of that space in the community. You know, one reason we work with um the the mayor's office does a has a program called Fifty C, and they basically their initiative is to put on programming in all eight wards. And um, we partner with them because we want to one show our studio, you know, that it's it's bigger than just what we do inside the studio. This is a movement. This is huge. Yeah. And um, the other part of that is we want to be able to show something dynamic for the city because sometimes when you do quote unquote community programming, it's like. You know, all right, let's go just walk around. You know, like, no, yeah. we want to, like, we do sweat fest. It's like, like, last year we actually did have a band. We had the band from Ooh. Eastern High School come in and we did a workout with 300 plus people. And there was that Hook Hall, which is like a big brewery. And then we had like food there and there was a DJ and there was lights and, you know, like, make it exciting for people. Yes. Yes. Make it, make it, make me turn out. Yes. Turn up and turn out. (laughs) Well, I, we could go on for hours talking about this stuff because one, you are the most amazing uh, trainer on this planet. I mean, you go to his class, you lose five pounds just by laughing uh, and enjoying yourself. (laughs) So, (laughs) so Koshi, before we talk about Rose and liquor, because we got to have a little section of that in this conversation. How can people connect with you? Oh, so people can connect. I'm on Instagram with lots of shenanigans <laughs> with at Coach G Fitness. Um, or you can always check out sweatdc.com. Uh, our new app is called the Sweat Anywhere app. Uh, you can link that through Sweat DC or you can go to Sweat 
www.thebigmoneyshow.com/anywhere.com. Uh, definitely check that out. Uh, really, it's a very dynamic program, and it's my goal was to get 50 people on it because I was like, all right, that way I can at least pay my coaches a little bit in a month, and mm-hmm. we just hit 300. Yes. Uh, this so things are going really well. We have two more studios that are on there, one from Atlanta, one from Baltimore. We're looking at some more joining in. So really trying to create this movement that allows a lot of people to gain access. Um, yeah. The other thing I love just before, I know I'm rambling on, but I love the virtual platform because it, because of the lower cost, mm-hmm. it allows more access, right? So I can sell the virtual platform at $50 a month. And you can get unlimited access to all these workouts. They're live and on demand. Um, versus yeah. like in a studio, it's so much overhead. Like we have to kind of charge it for the rate that we charge. So, well, and that helps with too, like people's financial situations. Like fifty dollars a month is like, well, don't buy a lot of snacks that are unhealthy and put that money towards it because that's what I'm doing. So I'm, I told myself my liquor budget for the month has decreased by fifty dollars. That's really sad that I have a liquor budget, but I also have a show called The Rose Hour. So, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> but no, it's it's more cost efficient and it's better for my body. Yes, the rose feels good, but so does working out afterwards. I know that it's going to be a little pain, a little gain comes from pain. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you also feel good investing in yourself. It's like anything else. Like when you take a, you ever do something because work makes you and then you ever take a course because you wanted to take it? Yeah. Like, that feeling that it, it releases endorphins. So I, I always want people to know, like, you'll never go wrong investing yourself. I, I learned that from Oprah. You know, she she always talked about that. She was like, that the, was the difference maker with her. It was like, she always, you know, if she, had, if she only had $1,000, she's going to put it into a course that's going to teach her about something. Yeah. So I think that stuff is important, you know, and uh, you know, just making sure that you're using your money and see things that uh, help us live. <laughs> yes. We want you to stay alive, people. Okay. So yeah. here's the question of the day. Because now you're a coach, but you're a coach Uh-oh. that loves to party. <laughs> so what is your favorite rosé? Or beverage, adult beverage, that is. Ooh. I know I added another layer to that. Yeah. (laughs) So I will say my favorite rose. I'm not good with no other names. I'll say my most consistent rose is I like Barefoot. Yes. um, Box one. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm here for it. I I, I love a box of wine. It is seventeen dollars at Safeway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And my Safeway is expensive, so I think I've gotten it before somewhere else at like fifteen dollars, and that's like four bottles. Yes. So I love that, and it's like crisp and a little sweet, but not too like Moscato sweet or not like that. Yeah, it's um, got a nice like effervescent, if that's the yeah. word I want to use. <laughs> There's another one I like, but I don't know what name it is. But I've had it out before, and it's the bubbly version. And I I like like champagne, and I like like rosé bubbles. So yes, um, we'll say like the 
the unknown bubblicious rosé. <laughs> well, it sounds like you need to just create bubblicious rosé now. Like, I feel like it's a well, thing that we need to make you I, own. I, I might. We just sitting here, so. I know, right? <laughs> we just quarantine and whatnot. <laughs> well, Coach um, G, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you could just tell one more time how people can connect with you. Um, because, like, I just want more people to know who you are because... One, you're so freaking amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I just try to be me. Oh, um, and it's amazing. Yeah. So definitely reach out to me at at Koshi Fitness on Instagram. Um, that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. Um, or sweatdc.com. You can always email us, which is info at sweatdc.com. And uh, we'll kind of get, uh, get you to anything you need. And, um, you know, before we check out, I always want people to know, just be be authentic. You know, I think the thing that I've kind of learned in life is that authenticity vibrates the loudest. So the more I become myself, the more I've been able to relate with people and the more successful I've always been. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if people learn that sooner rather than later, the easier life goes. Goals. You are life goals, sir. <laughs> you are, you are. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And we got to have you back on because we need to talk about what's a good, healthy adult beverage, I think, should be our next episode with you. <laughs> I love it. You know, I, I used to, I do a lot of, I used to do a bunch of YouTube stuff and I used to do a whole segment just on that. Like I, because my thing is, I know I'm gonna make your I'm gonna make your podcast be four hours long. Um, <laughs> I'm here for it though. <laughs> you can't teach abstinence. You gotta teach people how to do it. That's so, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do it right though. Gotta so, do it right. I love to talk about that, you know, and have people just be conscious when they go out, right? Like, don't get the apple team. Use the vodka soda. Um, rose is a good one because it's I think I also like to get people to do things that are higher in alcohol content mm-hmm. because you can feel it. You don't have to drink as much. That's right. So. <laughs> and it's and usually about 14%. Like yeah, it's like 14. There's like some that are like 14, Uh-oh. 15%. Turn up. I know, right? <laughs> That's why I like it. <laughs> well, thank you, Coach G. We're so thankful for you and we can't wait to have you on again. Yes, for sure. Have an amazing day. You too. Cheers. Woo! <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you, Coach G. You gave some good gems. You talked about your amazing story and how you use sort of like your own personal journey to make an empire. Shout out to you. Pew, 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 pew. And all you do. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to sip, sip away today. Hooray! With Cavallo Salinas, who is the creator of a blue wine. Like, it's actually blue. You don't want to miss this. So stay tuned. Pew, 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 pew! friends it's renee here at the rose podcast well rose hour podcast at that goes to show you what kind of hour today is and i'm excited because we have a very special guest he has his own wine company 
He is in New York doing his thing. It's blue. It's like the ocean. It's deep sea diving in a cup. Coviello Salinas! <laughs> Everywhere you go, just pull me out your pocket and I'll just do that. Right. Oh, oh. I'll just kick him. <laughs> I'll just kick right in. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, sir. Uh, yes, thank you for having me. Spectacular, spectacular job you all are doing at the podcast, too. I'm so honored to be on with you guys. Thanks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I know, I know. Okay, so I am really excited because you are one of the very few minority men of color in an industry that we do not really exist. <laughs> rarity, rarity, right? Like right. vibranium. Right, right. You are like T'Challa. In the wine industry. <laughs> oh, man. That's heavy. That's heavy. I mean, someone's got to carry the burden. And you are doing it well, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah. So the name of your wine is Amor. I'm going to mess it up. Je- you got it. You got it. You got no pressure. No pressure. Oh, j- j- <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. I'll give some assistance. Yes. Amor. Amor Genève. So it's not like Amor, like Spanish, but French, Amor. Amor, yes. Genève. Genève. Geneva, the city of Geneva. Amor Genève. Amor Genève. Okay, so we got it, guys. Amor Genève. Amor (laughs) Genève. And and, oh my God, your wine, it, okay, if you you don't even taste it, just looking at it, you're like, I want some. That's the synopsis. <laughs> that has been the synopsis thus far on this journey. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Like uh, we'll meet with people and they'll say hey, they'll look at it first and they'll first say, "Is this is this blueberry? Is this sweet? Mm. Is this smurfness? Is this listerine?" <laughs> like I'm like, well, and you know, you gotta laugh at it sometimes too. Um, you know, I tell people, hey, you know, even if you're, and I don't condone this, so this the disclaimer. Uh, I tell people all the time, like, hey, if you uh, take your Listerine bottle and empty it and put this inside of it, you may be able to get a whole Listerine bottle, a.k.a. a more Genève, on the plane with you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I almost got kicked off a flight coming back from Mexico because uh, I had some shots, uh, airplane shots. So yeah. uh, this this would have been a better cover. Like, no, I'm just rinsing and cleansing my breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, before we go any further, because people are like, what are y'all talking about? I right. want you to tell everybody about you and your wine. Like, how did you come to today to have this wine company and a dope wine at that? Yeah, thank you. So it's a, it was quite a journey. Uh, so if I can split it into um, three minutes, uh, I ended. I was studying biochemical engineering and petroleum engineering. Uh, I was studied at Kent State University. Um, throughout my life, my father was a very strong advocate of education, uh, but he also loved the color blue. He was born in December, uh, and he also loved wine and pairing wines every time he came back on his deployment. Uh, my father was a marine engineer in a marine infantry, so discipline and education was everything to him. Uh, I ended up uh, wanting to construct this as a tribute to him because he passed in my junior year of college very tragically. So I wanted to do something that was attributed to him, not only for his legacy, but he always told me, it does not matter what you do in this world, but the blueprint that you leave. Mm. So people are able to lead and learn from what it is that you did. So that's the reason why I wanted to get into this. Uh, After I left the field of engineering, 
I ended up going to the city that he loved so much, the city of Geneva, obviously, and uh, constructed in a seed bank, actually, constructed this, this trial of taking 30 different fruits and vegetables and finding out how to separate naturally the anthocyanin or the antioxidant pigmentation that was developed inside of these fruits and vegetables. So very high pigmentated fruits and vegetables like lemon, eggplants, tomatoes, radishes, things of that nature that has a very high pigmentation inside of them. Ended up finding a way to separate the actual structure of the actual color from those fruits and vegetables. But then I thought about it, you know, since this was something that a few individuals are trying to do unnaturally, because again, you can't add dye to wine. A lot of people think, hey, is this dye? Um, and, you know, obviously, if you don't know anything about wine, people know in wine that it's illegal to add anything other than winemaking products or processes to wine. So, you know, I ended up wanting to figure out, all right, if I can do this naturally. And it's funny, even in the culinary arts, the first thing that they teach you is stay away from synthetic colors. And one of the biggest synthetic colors that can't naturally be done in food and beverage is the color blue. Usually when you see the color blue in different fruit and vegetable, I mean, excuse me, in, in different foods, you're seeing a synthetic dye. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. So, um, you know, you have your yellow, your, your yellow dyes, you have your red and, uh, you know, you have your blue. So that's how most of like the candies or, you know, uh, even detergents and stuff like that have dyes in it. So, you know, now, um, I wanted to figure out how to do this naturally. So we ended up taking a plethora of different varietals and figuring out two different varietals that match our studies. And the one specifically was in Alicante. This is the Mediterranean coast of Spain. Uh, that's like, north of Cartagena and south of Valencia. So it's like kind of on the eastern, the central eastern part, catty corner to Ibiza. Uh, we were able to acquire four vineyards there. Uh, we started to do a Verdeco foundation harvest there. So we were able to get four vineyards to start this process. And then we ended up going to a region in Italy, northern Italy, actually. And it was, it's called uh, Piedmonte, Piedmont, Italy. Uh, it's mostly known for its Barolo, Nebbiolo, and Barbarosco, uh, very heavy red grape varietals. Uh, most of the time, you're going to find these only developed in Italy, but a lot of these varietals are best paired with, you know, your heavier foods like steaks, heavier pastas, things of that nature, because the mm. acidity and tannin level is skyrocketing high. But the, it makes the aging so much better for these wines. So we ended up figuring out to get the structure of this Nebbiolo grape, we needed to develop the grape skin to a point where we can stabilize the pH to a point where when the acidity is to a highest peak during harvesting season and through the maceration process, we were able to figure out, all right, if we take the skins and don't depose of them, we can run it through a natural separator similar to when they do blood and plasma, separating of blood and plasma or molecular gastronomy. And figuring a way to bring the actual skins from an acidic into an alkaline, allowing the blue color to stabilize, develop, and then be acclimated into the Spanish white wine in Spain after we figured out how the color can be stabilized. So that's the layman's terms of wow. it. Wow. Instead of getting like super, super technical. But uh, it was funny. Wait, that was layman's terms? <laughs> that was layman's terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to bring... 
I could have brought the graphs and the schematics out and all the yeah. I could have yeah. Uh, that's Science gonna take a whole nother, was... That's gonna take a whole nother three podcast <laughs> to break that down. Yeah, the mathematics but, uh, behind blue one. Yeah, it's a lot, <laughs> it, and it was funny. Um, you know, the the TTB, the FDA, the European Union, they brought us into the offices and they were like, hey. You know, um, we never seen anything like this before. Can you break the schematics down without, you know, showing the whole process, you know, so you can protect everything? So they were so shocked and amazed that we were able to pull this off, that they actually helped us get the patent, the methodology and the IP for the construction of a natural blue component. So now we can license it to, you know, M&Ms or license it to, um, you know, Tide or any of these other companies that may want to construct an organic blue. Uh, maybe you're an organic blue lipstick or an organic blue detergent, organic blue M&Ms, you know? So that's the special Whoa. part of it there. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you think that you would ever do this? Like, <laughs> it Not sounds like you went in to be like a doctor in a, in a sense, right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I uh, The only people that really understand like fully what I'm speaking about is doctors, engineers, and people that are scientists as well, you know? It's um, it's, it's an educational field. Definitely. Um, I got to educate every single person I meet because people love hearing about science and seeing it, but nobody really understands the whole process of it. So yeah, I got to be kind of uh, a teacher now. And, uh, yes. You know, Teach us. Oh, great people. one. Teach us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I feel like this is the karate kid right now. And like, I'm, I'm episode one, stage one in karate kid. Like, teach me how to do that kick and stand on one leg. You know, that whole thing. Anyway. Well, that's crazy. And like, you, you guys, how long did this t- process, t- like my mind is blown. How long did this process take in order for you guys to, you know, get it to that blue that you guys have patent now? Yes. Yes. So writing out the formula, uh, since I was already in the field of extraction, I pretty much developed the same type of um, theoretical standards and structure as I would in the extraction field, uh, but just allocated it to food and beverage. So uh, the trial, honestly, like doing the um, trial took the longest. Writing the formula didn't really take too, uh, too long. It's just actually figuring out where to utilize the formula and then which fruits and vegetables and what seed allocation and what heavy metals and arsenic needed to be developed in the soil. That all took about a year. And then um, actually developing the color took another good year because it took about 350 tries. Yeah, 350 tries. Talking about resilience? Yeah. (laughs) Tries to stabilize the color because the main issue was every time we were able to do a harvest, we had a certain yield of skins that we needed to um, figure out how to utilize the blue color from. So from us figuring out, all right, the one issue was oxidation. How can we eliminate oxidation from the skins going from an acidic to an alkaline and back to an acidic again if the oxygen hit it? And then we needed to figure out, okay, was there a way that we can develop a, a machine that allows us to run it just like blood and plasma, but also be able to allow a hyperbaric chamber, might I say, to allow the oxygen not to be dissipated during the process. And then we had to figure out a way to not only get that that separated color into a package that allowed us to then transport it to the fermenting wine over in Spain. So there was three different tiers that we had to figure out how to overcome. So that's what really took the longest um, in total. And then the legal stuff, of course, that always takes a, a oh, while. Oh, yeah. So that's that's where I come years. in. I'm the legal side of things. And yeah. I... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I still and, don't understand. 
And, and it took about a good like two and a half, three years to actually solidify everything. And that's actually on the fast track of things. Um, and then just, you know, marketing everything has been a good year now. And it's been just like, it, that's a whole nother monster in itself, just marketing and under, get the people to understand and make it simple. It's like, everybody's like, you got to bring it down like a fifth grade level. And I'm like, all right, well, this is not anything near fifth grade yeah, level. Yeah, this like, is not a fifth grader. Orgo, like yeah. advanced orgo and molecular you know, component breakdown and structural analysis. This is this not is not multiplication tables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, how did you guys agree upon the blue? Like, I'm pretty sure there is different uh, uh, um, variations of blue, but yeah. yours is like this. Like, it reminds me of like the Turks and Caicos. Um, you know, waters that you see on beaches that are beautiful in like Saint Tropez, what have you. So, how did you guys decide? Like, we got it. Great question. Great question. That's actually the first time I ever got this question. So this is this is amazing. So that's I'm what we here to do at the Rose R podcast. Ask the yeah, unknown. Yeah. <laughs> Take it up. Take it up. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to construct this color blue, um, and I wish you you all can see it. You'll probably see it in the happy hour. But when you see this color blue, this color blue makes up the spectrum of all the blues in uh, history. Ooh. So. From light blue to dark blue to, you know, Jay-Z blue hue um, to every blue that you can. Carolina blue? Yeah. Every (laughs) single single blue that you can look at was blended to figure out how to construct this one blue. So that's one thing that we had to notice. We're like, okay, well, is there a certain blue that we wanted to come out with? We were coming up with light blues. We were coming up with super dark blues. We were coming up with like base blues, like neutral blues like Gatorade type blues. We were coming up with all these different type of blues through all of these different fruits and vegetables. But I wanted to come up with a blue that not only um, shined because my, my father, the one thing that he always collected more than anything was his stones. Mm. So he used to collect turquoise, topaz, blue diamonds, and every single one of these like blue diamonds used to shine. They used to shine so bright, like a prism. Cause like prisms, I, I know, like, I don't know if anybody knows what a prism is, but it's a, um, it's a rare stone that's, mm-hmm. um, that, that shows like a, a reflection from rainbows. So when you reflect light off of it, it will, you know, um, it'll give you like this, this beautiful blue peacock rainbow. Mm-hmm. So, um, he loved everything that shined and glittered. So I wanted this, this wine to shine just as bright as all of these, um, these jewels and gems that he used to collect. And I thought about it. I'm like, well, is there a way that I can construct the same type of shine with a plethora of different blues? And that's when we started to play around with, you know, the, um, you know, not only the acidity level, but also the viscosity. Because the viscosity Mm. allows the thickness of the of the um, foundation of whatever it is you're doing, whether it be chemicals, whether it be liquid, whether it be um, water soluble paint, things of that nature. Viscosity plays a lot in the dullness of color and also the reflection. So we had to figure out, okay, is there something that was thin enough to be able to take the color, but also uh, construct what it was that we were allocating to the actual um, solution or the, you know, juices, might I say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's how the blue actually was able to stabilize. There was a lot of uh, thought into it. Um, That also took quite a bit of time because, again, like we wanted to figure out, all right, what varietals had a thin viscosity or, you know, um, stability level and also the residual sugar. 
Because if the residual sugar was too high, like an Adornfelder or like a Moscato, mm-hmm. then the sugar would dull out the color. Oh. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting that that yeah. correlation is made. But again, that's science. The amazingness exactly. of science, the more you know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so what does your wine taste like? Yeah, yeah. So, well, initially, I'm going to ask you this question because I ask this to everybody. What do you think it would taste like just looking at it right off the first bat? Refreshing, smooth, okay. relaxing, uh, calming. Notice all the words I'm using. Um, yep. I don't think use of adjectives. Well, thank you. I'm really good at that. Um, I think also too not dry. I don't think it's dry, and I think it probably is like like a red. You know how like red wines sort of have that like calmness sense that when you take that first sip, like, oh, everything's going to be okay. And like sometimes when you take a sip of like a white, you know, you think of like Riesling Moscato, you're like, party in a, in a bottle. I feel mm. like it's more like, yes, I'm cool. I'm grown when you take a sip. Okay. All right. See, that was, that was, you were like in and out. You were in and out. So <laughs> you were, but great start though. Great start. Right, 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 great right. Finish. Great finish too. So um, dismount. <laughs> yeah, I give you a, a eight out of eight, eight point seven, eight point seven. Okay, right? out of ten, that's okay. good. Now, out of so, twenty, um, that would have been bad. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. So this is the the thing about this wine, right? So people look at it and they naturally think sweet, right? They think uh, this is going to be something that tastes like a blueberry, right? Mm -hmm. Which is both wrong, right? So Mm. it has um, no, it has no specific notes of sweetness, but you're going to mostly get natural sugar, citrus allocation to your palate first. So initially on the nose, which is the aromatics, you don't need to decant this like a red wine. Most red wines you need to decant. Mm -hmm. Decanting simply means letting the oxygen touch the wine so it softens the tannins, softens the structure, and allows you to get a more complexity of the wine, whether it be the fruits, whether it be the oak. It allows the oxygen to hit it and breathe into Uh the wine. So you don't necessarily need to decant this. You can if you want, but you don't have to. Most white wines are drank very young and right out the bottle, very fresh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So initially on the nose, you're going to get a very, very distinct note of grapefruit, white peach. You're going to get pears, crisp apple, a lot of stone fruits, a lot of orchard fruits. You're going to get a nice lilac um, undertone on the nose as well. You're going to get um, super subtle citrus balances all together. And again, what you smell is also what you're going to taste. So when you consume it, you're going to have a very, very light effervescence on your palate that's going to transition to a refreshing, which you said, smooth, clean type of taste, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to balance very subtly with that lemon. It's going to have the the, the crisp apple is going to be apparent right off the bat. Grapefruit. Some people even have fruit notes developed into it as well. And then on the back end, the complexity of it, which is so, so flavorful in the, in the, in the cheeks and in the tongue, it allows the, the transition to the back of your tongue to be more like a Riesling. Mm. 
Because again, it's not going to be bitter like a, a Chardonnay or a Sauve Blanc or a Chenin Blanc, but it's going to be super subtle and not hold like that finish too with like a Chardonnay or a Chenin Blanc. It's going to fall off a little bit more like a Riesling, but it allows it to be able to be more of a drinkable type of, type of, um, type of, uh, 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 journey. I should, I, I might add, um, to drinking something that people would naturally think as sweet. Right. So that is, that is my best synopsis of, uh, of what journey people will take on this. It's going to be very equatable to a Vermentino or an Italian Grillo. Or even to the untrained palate, like a Pinot Grigio. This, this is all amazing, and I'm I'm here for all of it. Um, where can people purchase this amazing wine? So we mostly do direct to consumer now. Uh, that's our best uh, platform now. We just started uh, looking at different platforms and areas in um, in Atlanta, of course, in Texas, and California. Um, but personally, now we do mostly online. Mm-hmm. And our online shop is Amour, A-M-O-U-R, Bleu, no E, B-L-U, and the word forever, F-O-R-E-V-E-R.com. And you can order directly off of that. And, you know, our Instagram, simply Amour Genev, and our Facebook as well, Amour Genev. So anything, uh, anything from those platforms, you can find us easily, easily, easily. Yes. And I'm pretty sure we'll figure out a code for people who are listening to get a little, a little discount on their first order. Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. yes, yes. So we'll, we'll post that as well. Um, I asked everybody this, this question and I, I know you're going to come up with something good. What is your, okay. So we usually ask people, what is your favorite rosé? But I'm asking you, what is your favorite cocktail you've made with your wine? Oh, right. so it gets gangster now. Yeah, so this is funny. I had a good, um, I had a good friend of mine, um, that works at the uh, Brooklyn Chop House in New York here, and uh, we actually had like a world class bartender working with uh, this wine, and they were like, "Wow, well, to make it super simple." Especially since you don't want to make it like a sangria where people are like, uh, you know, adding different things to it. And, you know, it's cheaper wine with sangria. Yeah, it's cheaper. Um, We did something very, very uh, subtle. We did three different cocktails. We did a spritzer. Um, We used used a sparkling wine that had the same type of notes as the wine, but it was able to balance out. With um, that, that that nice effervescence, we added slight amount of club soda, uh, lime syrup, and then we added raspberries, and then we added pomegranates to it as well, and then we added like a slight mint on the top. That gave it like a nice summery feel to it. Um, I was able to come up with something called a frasul, which uh, in Spanish is azul, but you know, fr- a frasul like froses yeah. is frozen rosé. A frozen blue, a frasul. So I ended up, yeah, ended up coming up with that. Uh, we muddled um, blackberries, raspberries, and also blueberries, and then we developed the ice uh, structure, and then put the wine in there, and it developed into that. Um, and then we came up with a 
Another drink, um, it's very simple, same type of concept with the blackberries, muddled mint, uh, lemon syrup, and then we developed the wine into it, which gave it like a very, very nice, dull type of uh, berry uh, structure to it. So it's a little bit thicker, but it still has that um, like, uh, like say you're drinking like a smoothie, like Mm -hmm. that same consistency, but not as thick as a smoothie, but same type of consistency. Um, but the viscosity is a, a little bit lower. And then we did a, uh, either champagne or Prosecco, developing the wine in a, in a Prosecco or a champagne, um, or even a cava. Uh, and with the wine, just, you know, adding it to it in addition. Mm. And, uh, yeah, those are the four. I, there was four. four drinks <laughs> I mean, we <laughs> could keep on going, but those are really four great drinks. And like, clearly things we're going to try. Um, and we're so excited that you're going to join us on our Thursday virtual happy hours. Um, and maybe you could tell some more of these, you know, secrets of cocktails with Vino de Azul. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, we're so thankful and appreciate your time today spent with us. Um, and everyone, don't forget to go cop a bottle. Go ahead and drop that uh, website link again. Absolutely. So it's Amour, A-M-O-U-R-B-L-U, no E, forever.com. And yes. you can find us at, or you can find us at Amour Genev on Instagram. And I am Mr. Coviello. Yes, Mr. Coviello. Hey. Selling accent you. mark, accent mark. Right, right. <laughs> like the Rosé has an accent mark, Renee has an accent mark. So does Cabello. Yes. Well, thank you again for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. You guys, go follow him. Go buy some wine. It's blue. It's amazing. It's everything you need to do. Yay! Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. Everybody out there, stay safe, stay blessed, stay optimistic. Chase your dreams by any means because they're closer than you see. Yes. I love that. Cheers, friend. Wow, thank you, Cavellio, for talking about your wine and how you came up with the idea of making a blue wine. That is not something easy and definitely mad scientist. <laughs> and we appreciate your dedication to making it happen. So you can actually buy a bottle today if you want to go to amorebluforever.com. And that's A-M-O-U-R-B-L-U-F-O-R-E-V-E-R.com to make a purchase today. Try it. It's amazing, guys. You will not regret making this purchase. And additionally, Amor Geneve uh, is amazing, 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 amazing wine. So uh, thank you, Cavellio, for talking to us more about it and giving us more information about how, like, you even had the idea to even do this. So appreciate you. Pew, 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 pew. Want to thank both of our guests, Coach G, Cavellio, Bartender Ben. Um, and also want to let you guys know that we are doing a midnight brunch on May 30th. Well, technically it's the 31st, but we're not going to you know, go into details of the date. But just knowing it's midnight going from Saturday into Sunday. And we are partnering with at Big Fat Billy on Instagram. If you want to check him out, he makes some great, great, great meals. And he's going to actually do uh, a tutorial. So we're going to send out the ingredients and to let you know what the menu is. 
Um, use one of our discount codes at one of our lovely partner uh, wines and rosés here. Uh, if you want to try La Fete Rosé, our code for their website, lafeterose.com, is Rosé Hour and get 15% off. If you want to try Hampton Water, go to wine.com and use the code WINE to get 10% off. And definitely reach out to uh, Cavelio here and he will help you make a good purchase and, you know, be able to sample something nice. Uh, during the midnight brunch. So pew, 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 pew. Also want to let people know, check us out on our website, therosehourpodcast.com, where you can buy merch, hear old episodes, drop us a note, or even let us know if you have somebody that we should have on the show. We're always looking for great, amazing people to come on our show and share their stories. Uh, and finally, we have our virtual happy hour every Thursday at 6.30 on IGTV. Uh, so join us there. Come check, come check us out and have a drink with us, sip, sip with us, all of that with us. And then on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, join us for Soulful Sundays where we slow it down a little bit, you know, and we, you know, just... We have a little gratitude, thankfulness, and also have tarot card readings and talk about health and wellness because we want to walk into the work week knowing what we got in store. So head on over to IGTV on Thursdays and Sundays. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Rosie Hour podcast. We are so thankful for each and every one of you that listens. Um, and don't forget to subscribe. We want to, you know, make sure that you hear every episode. We have awesome guests every week and you don't want to miss out. So hit the subscribe button. We're on all podcast platforms. Uh, and shout out to Anchor. We appreciate you and what you guys do because you make it easy for us to be podcasters. So pew, 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 pew. Finally, friends, hope you all stay safe and well and healthy during this COVID. Uh, we know we can't hug each other, but send somebody a glass of rosé. You know, why not? We got all these discount codes. Go ahead and use one and send to someone that you want to give a hug. And with that, friends, until next week, sip, sip, hooray! Pew, 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 pew! Pew, 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 p